0: This is Megan from Talking Smack 415. In this episode, we are reeling from the Handmaid's Tale state of our country, and I process being a new expat in New Zealand watching this garbage from afar. Let's face it, times are kind of depressing, but don't worry. Next episode, we'll be back to washing hair, hemorrhoids, and half-toes. Thanks for listening. Everybody get up.
1: Everyone, welcome back to Talking Smack four one five. This is Debbie Mink. This is Megan Sullivan. Cindy Wang. Woohoo, you guys! This is no small feat. I think it's no. been like what three months <laughs> since we've recorded. <laughs> I can successfully say that we're in season two, yo. Season two of small talking. I can't even say it, and I'm not even drinking. You wanted to you say think?
0: smoking crack, but it's. Not <laughs>
1: season two of talking smack and what's so great and crazy about this is we have moved we have moved yes like i'm 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 still in the in the dungeon garage with low ceilings but are you are you in downstairs by yourself i am i'm totally downstairs by myself um yep
2: but And, Sin, you're remote, right? Yeah, I'm remote. I'm in my bedroom without the kids. Michael has them, putting them to sleep.
0: Awesome, awesome. And Megan, where are you? Well, I gave our listeners a heads up about this, but I am now relocated in New Zealand. (gasps) I am a legit Kiwi. um, What? Legit
1: Kiwi. That is, how do you think Kiwis would feel about you saying that?
0: Not good, not not very. Um, But I mean, let's be honest. I don't think we'll have any kiwis listening. Like we're just gonna be grateful to have Americans listening to this. So one step at a time.
1: But I think like that's because we are international, and I know you're like making friends, hands over fist there. So you might be surprised. What if we're like big in Japan or something? It could happen. It it could really really happen. Yes. Yeah you just you just don't know so you guys it's taking us like what three months to finally coordinate and find a date where we could all get on a call remotely and record yes. so I don't know who wants to go like what have you been up to
2: what do you guys want to talk about? I feel like about? Megan has the most exciting life right now Let's let's talk about that
0: Man. um, Well, listen, I, I kind of was thinking about it and I was like, what do I really want to talk smack about? And since I'm here and observing everything from abroad, I will say I just want to talk smack about the fucked up government and what is happening to our country. Oh my God. So embarrassing being abroad. No one. So embarrassing. I know. Like how, how do they treat you? Do they know you're
2: American? And then, um, how do they treat you when you're, they know, they know you're American.
0: You know how, like, like I'm from Chicago and in Chicago, if someone finds out you're Irish, they like roll out the red carpet. They're like, Oh my gosh, you're from Ireland. And like, let's just say at best people are unimpressed with <laughs> me being an American, <laughs> It's like the way that people describe New Zealanders, I think, is pretty accurate, is polite, but not necessarily friendly at first. Um, Mm. um, Like standoffish, kind of? A little bit, yeah. Like, you are expected. I mean, the first few weeks, I'm like the mom at school, and I'm just standing around, like, waiting for everyone to come up to me and be like, hey, I think you're new. No one. I mean, not one single person, but part of me respects that. It's kind of like, you know, where you stand, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to go up. There's not the sort of fluff and niceties. And I will say this, my son had a really bad accident. He actually fractured his skull, (gasps) developed um, a brain bleed during his like third week at school here. And it happened at, at school. It was the worst, so scary. the worst day of our lives. But what I will say about this, about the Kiwis kind of being a little standoffish is like when something happens to rock the community and this happened the Monday after the Christchurch massacre. Um, so that no. happened on a Friday. My son's accident was on a Monday. And um, you know, like when something happens in the States, you just walk around and you feel hopeless. Like here, right before I found out my son had an accident, I was at a meeting and everyone was like, committed, determined, like people rally together and they do that in this, in service of community too. So I had like people drop off stuff. I mean, it was really incredible. So I was like, like I will take sort of standoffish. I mean, you can be rude to my face. If when I need you to, you are stepping up and being an amazing community member, neighbor, and fellow citizen. Mm. Mm. How far... Or were you from the Christchurch? So I'm in Wellington, which is in the North Island, the southernmost um, tip of the North Island, and Christchurch is in the South Island. And so, um, you know, pretty far away, so not directly impacted. But I mean, everyone was rocked here. This is because it doesn't happen there it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen like it does in the States, anywhere else. And I have to admit, like I felt a level of shame. Like we have normalized this violence to such an extent Mm -hmm. that this has become like, there's a playbook to this. Um, but I will say like seeing them respond, first of all, seeing the prime minister write new legislation into action immediately. Um, She's amazing. Yeah and so like seeing seeing that they did a 180 in terms of how they responded every single person like stepped up and did something and what i saw was even if it wasn't something that we would consider impactful like there's no judgment around it so someone like put out in front of their house they're like i have 28 pairs of shoes that are in front of my house they represent all the victims like come by and pay your respects like i kind of feel like in the states if you did that like people would be like that's silly like what are you actually really doing like sometimes we're so self-judging around how to help or how to mm. how to make mm-hmm. a stand that like we, it's a non-starter for us so um I that's me talking a lot but um yeah so I'm here and I want to talk smack about the government I I cannot believe we're living this episode and this saga of Handmaid's Tale
2: it well I haven't no, watched you know what it's SNL <laughs> We're living SNL. Like it's just a parody of like
0: every, every day. Something new, something new and and preposterous.
1: It's, it's really, it's really fucking crazy, but, um, it's, it's scary. And I have not watched much of the Handmaid's Tale at all. I just know that they have no, they, I mean, obviously the women have like no control over their lives and their bodies. Like, but it's so fucked up. It is so fucked up. And when you look at everything and all these white men who passed Mm. it and like if we tried to make any law governing their body where they didn't have the right to choose, like it would be a non-starter. It wouldn't even be a thing. Like it would never go Mm -hmm. this far. Never. No. And it's like, we're still not as women. We're still not equal citizens. Like where they still, men
0: still want to control us. So like, Cindy, I'm curious what you have to say with this. Cause obviously Debbie and I are white and like the, and as, as much like disdain I have for this, like, I just can't imagine being, um, a, a person of color in this country. Like, how do you, how did you like, what's your take or like, what's your family's take on, um, sort of like white men in power? I feel like it's like a different, I don't know. I, that's all. It, it, it might be, but
1: I, I don't, I just want to take it back a step and remind you that Cindy thinks I'm Chinese. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm like the closest um, direct relation to the abuser since I'm um, yeah, I'm a, you know, Christian white woman. Uh, yes. Yeah. So. And I'm a Jew. So, you know, so feel free to take everything out on me guys. So let me ask <laughs> both of your opinions.
2: <laughs> no, I I think Cindy's will be good. No, you know what's crazy? My family, they we don't like my mom stays away from it, you know, like she stays away from a lot of just the government stuff. Like she when she votes, she like votes Asian no matter what. <laughs> she i was <laughs> so like, who did you vote for? She's like, oh, I said in my bath. Who did you vote for? I don't know. She's like, I voted for all the Asians. And <laughs> I'm like, that's not how you vote. <laughs> so i mean but she most of the time she just stays away from it. My brother watches like um, Fox News and all that, like like news all day, all night when he he gets the chance. But like, it's mostly like the Trump stuff that he's like he you know. And Debbie knows my brother's, like, very antisocial, but, like, I don't know what he's thinking when he's, like, watching this go on. I know it angers him, but he doesn't express himself very much. I think that's just, like, um, maybe, I don't know, his upbringing, too, because we didn't discuss politics growing up in my household, like, at all.
0: Wait, so you're saying that your brother watches Fox news
2: just fox news because he's so against it he just wants to know what's going on oh
0: what, got it
2: got it like greg, greg listens to
1: it too just to get more irate
2: you know no i know he gets him so angry but he just loves listening to it Like he just wants to know that side and what's going on yeah but like but like he doesn't express himself in a way where it's like i know it like makes him angry and he sits there and like like bruise over it but like it's nothing like it's not a discussion you know mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's like just, like, an Asian household thing. Like, it's just, that's just how I grew up. Like, we didn't, we never really discussed it.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Like, I'll discuss it with Michael, too. But then, like, even with Michael, it's, like, he's, his family's Republican. He's, he's not registered. He, like, we just don't, you know, like. Does he vote? He doesn't vote. He's not registered. Oh. Like, his parents like voted Trump and I'm like, I, I can't even talk politics with them. Mm-mm. Like I would, I'm like, I would have to say I'm so angry at them that it's like, I don't know.
0: This kind of stuff tears, tears families apart. Yeah. That's sure. why
2: you just don't discuss it because it's like, you know, remember, remember our friend Steph? Yeah. Dad, like, like her whole family it was her whole family that were Trump supporters. It was, something like that where like, she's like, she can't even get, no, it was like her like distant family, but like she doesn't even go on their social media pages anymore because because she can't, she can't read their um, posts. Yeah. But
1: um, interestingly enough though, the other side of this and not to change the subject, but just a little bit is the tariffs and knowing that, you know, Cindy and I, we both work in retail And a lot of the products that we sell and a lot of the products that we work with are manufactured in China as well as her husband's business manufacturers in China. And he was just there. Like what was there? Did he say anything about that, the tariffs and like anything on that, on that line
2: too? Yeah. He said, it's fucking crazy because China was like, we have this meeting, we have this meeting planned and then you go ahead and, you know, it's going to, it's going to affect our economy more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Because the American public, I mean, they're they're already, like, we're already broke, right? And then now you're going to have, we're going to have to pay more for our goods.
1: Yep. Yep, I already see it. Like, I'm pricing things out at work for a project I'm working on. And the suppliers I'm working with, they're like, we can give you this price, but we can't be locked in because we're, we're getting emails every day that Trump is now putting a tariff on this. Trump is now putting a tariff on
0: this. And it's like every day it keeps changing. Like it's so, it's crazy. You guys, I have to say when I first moved here, I slept for probably like 12 to 14 hours every single night. Like I do not feel this stress that I used to feel so much being an American and being a progressive one and seeing all this stuff like unravel every day. Ugh. It made me notice like it just made me realize huh. how much low grade stress and trauma we all live with when mm-hmm, and, and huh? feel so powerless to change everything. So let's let's hope those elections get your get your damn husband registered. What the hell? Yeah, fuck. Even if even if you just tell him what to vote. Yeah. I, the,
2: I, I, I vote, vote. For like I'm I'm afraid because like I don't know. I don't know if I want him registered.
0: (laughs) You don't (laughs) (laughs) think the right way. (laughs) It's like you guys have avoided the subject, and all of a sudden he's like, "Well, I'm not going to vote for a woman," and then then you guys like get divorced or what? What's happening? No, no, no. He's not
2: like um, pro like male or anything like that. But he is like pro anything that I would say helps him um, make money or you know keep money. Or, you know, like that type.
1: That's where of thing. the Republican-ish comes in. Yeah,
2: that that's where it comes in. Like, I, I would say he's not, I would say that was his parents too, because they were like, they were like, we can't vote Hillary. And like, they didn't like Trump, but they were like, we have to vote Trump. Be- just, just because. The- but
1: there's so many people that voted that way. They couldn't vote for her because they didn't like her, but they didn't like him either. But to them, he was still a better choice. They didn't yeah. like her that mm-hmm. much that she was the that he was the um the better choice. I was
2: gonna say they felt like they had to vote their party. I'm like, but then there's so many people that thought that way. And I know like he says his dad is like regretful now, but like what does that do for us now? Like there's like probably millions of people out there like that are regretful, but like what what can you do?
0: I mean, Mm. it shows you how much we devalue women in that in in that country. I mean, that, yeah. that's something that has become, that was one, one of the first things that I, I really became aware of moving here was how much they value like children's experience of life. Um, yeah. Like just children and women, the value placed on their, their lives and experience is, is, is so different here. And it, it really mm-hmm. highlighted for me, like how sad it was. It's like, we just have to call a spade a spade. That Mm -hmm. it's it's about power. It's not, you know, nothing is about morals or Mm -hmm. certain lives or anything. It's about power, power structure. I'm calling it white man's last stand. And that's hopeful.
1: I like it, white man's last stand. (laughs) Yeah. But then, where do you're, so then, like, you're married to a white man.
2: I know. So, so what do
0: you think about him? what'd you say it's he's okay
2: <laughs> like, how does he feel about all this though like what's his like i'm curious to know from his perspective
0: oh i can tell you because i tell him which opinions to have so let me just tell no, opinion. wait wait
2: wait so
1: yours is going to be emasculated white man's last standing <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. His dad's a total Fox news. He's like one of these, but my mother-in-law is really funny and she's really progressive and she will text me. She'll be like, I cannot believe I'm married to one of these idiots that says fake news. <laughs> um, oh, no. no, I mean, Scott's he's progressive. He's a political kind of, I mean, he will vote, but I do all the deciding. I read through all the propositions. I read through everything. And then I mark the boxes and then he reviews and he signs and that's how it's always Oh cuz you do you
1: do the um the mail in ballots. Yeah.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Right. And so um no, but he would not he would never vote for like a Trump or something. No,
1: oh my god, no. no. No.
0: I mean, you know, we're all choosing to live in San in San Francisco. You know, I mean like I don't I don't know one single Trump supporter in San Francisco.
2: I don't know. I don't know anyone either. Do we know anyone at work, Deb? Or at- I feel like there's, we know someone at work.
1: Really? Yes, right. our good friend who sat over the wall. Who's that? I'll
2: text you later. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you're forgetting. <laughs> no. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, but the other thing that's, that's the most fucked up about these pro-lifers is they're pro-gun and they're pro-like having people come and shoot up people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not, I mean, so they're not really pro-life. So that's like another fake stance. Like they're, yeah. oh, that, yeah. that's a whole other issue that really gets under my skin. That's really scary.
0: Yeah. I'm like, but by the way, I'm kind of glad Like, I didn't ever want to go to Alabama and these States that are like all of mm-hmm. a sudden throwing us back. It's like, um, thank you for giving me full permission to just never go to you as a state.
1: Oh my God, no! And then somebody posted something about the children in Alabama. Like, I mean, there's been so much stuff all over social media, but like with the statistics about like the children that are born like beneath poverty level, level children who are uh, who uh, there's so much on on the children of Alabama where you're like, holy shit! Even like I follow Gary Jeanetti, who is um, God, was it him? I saw him too. Yeah. Did he say something super funny about, I mean, funny, not funny about it? He said, let me see. It was very, um, it got people, let me see. Hold on. Hold on, guys. I know this is going to like be, this is really going to be fabulous once I get to it. Um, He's really funny. Oh, and he says, and Alabama is the one state that should be having more abortions. (laughs) Oh, because of the state of like their, the children and the people and the, and the poverty level and the education there is really bad, I think too.
0: Oh, and the, the prison, it is stuff, sick, the prison like, system is horrible. And yeah, like that's the last state I want legislating for me. It's like, oh. how about you guys stop breeding for a hundred years and then... And then like let's start over. We need to start over. We need to do over there.
1: Well, I mean, how do you do that? Do you like well, swipe them? What's the what's come on? We we were briefly talking about Harry Potter before we pressed record. Can't they do something in Harry Potter where you like swipe their memories? I mean,
0: <laughs> here's here's yeah. here's the hard truth: is like we will never move forward if we do not reconcile with our past. And that is where. A lot of these states. I mean, as a country, we have not reconciled with our past, and you know, we still see with Black Lives Matter and um, mm-hmm. all these the p- police brutality and stuff. Like, we're not there. Like, we we want to just like vote and be there somewhere, but we still have tons of people that are so ass backwards, right? Well, but I well, don't think
2: the, just the wall. <laughs> yeah, but do you
1: think like? I mean, you guys. This is a really scary thought, but maybe we're not going to move forward forward, and we're all just going to die in like three years. Like this whole place is just going to explode and implode with climate change, with all this like crazy bullshit like that's going on with the government. Like, life as we know it has already changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important. I don't know to keep in mind though. Like, the United States is not the world. The United States is in one fucked up, weird funk. I don't know what happens in the United States, but it's not like the rest of the world is functioning really well, like not everywhere, but a lot of other countries are getting it right. They're doing the right thing. They're taking accountability. We just have this weird era, but you're right. I mean, maybe it's going to get worse before it gets better. And like I said, I have a guest room that will hold at least a thousand of you just come here and we'll just, (laughs) we'll wait it out. I kind of feel like I'm just waiting it out. I'm like here, I'm like, eh. I feel pretty secure. I did meet a doomsday, uh, a doomsdayer here, though, speaking of your lady, Oh, yeah. Debbie, and? Um, and she was, you know, you meet all different kinds. Like when you're an expat, you're just sort of open. You're like, who will talk to me? Um, <laughs> and expats, I like, kind of find each other. And so I have a friend and she told me um, she also believes that uh, like that warm plastic has created, estrogen, excessive estrogen levels and, uh, and these species, there are only female species. She sounds a little like, I'm like, maybe I'm uneducated. And you also do sound like you're a conspiracy theorist. So that said, um, she did say that she, when she, she and her husband were figuring out where to live, she's like a doomsday prepper. And she did Mm. find that New Zealand was going to be with climate change and what will likely happen with the oceans is going to be a good place to like, wait out the end of the world. So I feel pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we could like, I mean, especially here in California, like between the fires, between the earthquakes, between like the wind and the rain and like, God, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not a doomsdayer, I don't think, but I also don't know. I feel like I'm partially a fatalist. Like I always think the worst and I feel like uh, I don't don't know how long we're going to be here. I don't know. And, and I only have felt this way since Trump's been in power. So it is that like low, low grade, low lying. And there's moments um, where I totally am like, fuck it. Like we're not going to be here for very much longer. Like we gotta, we gotta do it and we gotta do it right. And we gotta just go for it all. And then there's moments where I totally forget about it and just
0: go about go about meditating and going to the gym and going yeah. to work. That's the challenge. It's like normalcy versus like mm-hmm. finding your spot of protest, normalcy, and trying to like curb the fear because the fear doesn't doesn't help you at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but but it is hard. It's it's hard. Like it's years of this stuff now. And it doesn't yeah. feel like like Cindy said, it's like a parody and we are all waiting for it to be over. When is it gonna be like just kidding? When's, when does the just kidding?
2: I know. Just kidding. This is a nightmare and we're going to wake up from it. It's not though. Like I thought it was going to be like my, you know,
1: my coffee bags that I draw. I thought that would last a hundred days, but now it's going to be like a four-year project. And it's really been fascinating as I've been doing that, just kind of the evolution of it that happens within four years.
0: So for those of you that don't know, Debbie has started this, um, well, you say it, Debbie, but kind of like with the thought of it being an art installation, but drawing yeah. this um Sharpie art um on coffee, Sharpie bags, art. Right? Sharpie <laughs> art. Yeah. How Sharpie would you call it? Uh, <laughs> no. Sharpie line.
1: Art? Yeah, no, just drawing. Yeah, just drawing on on um these coffee bags. And I had been saving the coffee bags for some I was gonna do some art project with them and I didn't know. So I had a collection of coffee bags in my cabinet, and then when the election started, or after the election, I was like, Oh my god, I'm just gonna start drawing on these like every day to help me process what's been going on in the country and in the world with this election. And I figured I'd end up with a hundred bags and that would be it. But that's not the case. It's been like, I'm going on, what are we going on? Year three or year two of this nonsense? Year three. It feels oh like God. year forever. I don't know. Oh. And so the evolution has been, I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it's more become, like it started off as my reaction to the election and I feel like it's more become like a journal of where I am throughout the years with the, with the process kind of. It's more along the
0: lines of what I'm thinking about it now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're all numb in the States to a certain degree. One thing that I, I was thinking about when the Christchurch massacre happened is that everyone was saying here, they're like, they're like, we will always remember this day. We'll remember where we, where we were. And it was like Columbine. Like, I still remember Columbine happening, but for the last 10 shootings, I couldn't tell you where I was what was happening, Mm. what year. And it just is like, that has made me feel like, how do I claim an emotional sense of humanity again um, that is is so easily lost in the States, in this administration, and with this like constant drip feeding of trauma at us, right? Mm. Hmm, but we're doing our part through talking smack. I mean, talking smack—it helps. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> is that is that? Well, we're get, we're
1: getting close to the end of the thirty minutes. So is that how we want to how we want to end it? We
0: reclaim humanity by talking smack. I mean, it's it's as yeah. good of, a, an, of an idea that I have at the moment. <laughs> okay.
1: Talking smack 415. Peace out. We will check you later the next time the three of us can get it together. Bye. Bye. Everybody get up. I said, oh.
2: Everybody get
0: up.